Hello friends, welcome to the After Hours Lounge. Welcome back if you are a regular listener. My name is Sandy, I am your host and I'm very excited to be bringing you all into the lounge today to have a listen to my conversation with my guest this week. Well actually this was a few weeks ago, uh, but I've been away. Uh, followers of the podcast on Instagram at the After Hours Lounge, make sure you give me a follow. Uh, well no, yeah, I went away. I went and actually rather topically for today's conversation i went away windsurfing for a week a week or a week or two uh windsurfing is my sport it's my favorite thing to do um and i haven't done much of it i was injured at the end of last summer and then it was it's been an awful winter in the uk it just we just haven't had the conditions so those two things combined meant i've only actually windsurfed three or four times um from last summer up until when i went away but i went away to dakla in the western sahara one of the windiest places in the world um, and it was amazing and I completely fell back in love with the sport I, I felt like I improved which I don't really to be honest feel like has happened for uh, a couple of years or quite a while um, yeah it, it was just just an amazing time and, and it, oddly enough it's actually come a really nice time for me to release this episode uh, because my guest this week is none other than freestyle windsurfing's golden boy uh, Mr. Lennart Neubauer that sounds like I'm taking something away from him and I'm really not um, Lennart is a uh, young professional windsurfer and when I say young he is really young uh, when we had this conversation a few weeks ago it was a few days before his 18th birthday um, obviously he's now just turned 18 uh, but has already made a huge impression um, on the on the sport and the wider world of windsurfing um, primarily a freestyler growing up uh, in Greece from German descent but growing up in Naxos in Greece um, he's just an incredible sailor he's been youth world champion um, and from my own experience as a as a commentator for the uh, freestyle pro tour, seeing him compete um, is is just another level. For for someone that young, um, his his drive um, and his determination and his whole mindset um, is just really really impressive. From someone that young, you know, when you think of someone being eighteen, you you don't think of someone, um, you know, presenting themselves the way that Lennart does. Uh, from when I first met him. Uh, at events you know straight away he was always keen to do interviews he was always up the first one at the event site getting ready everything just professional from start to finish um, and I think he's got a very very bright career um, in the sport and we, we had a discussion about all those things you know I talked about uh, the pressures that he has you know coming up and everyone's saying oh he's going to be a world champion going to be a world champion and, and how that weighs on him you know living up to expectations um, and then on the other side of that keeping the ego in check when everyone says you're amazing you start thinking you're amazing and sometimes that actually isn't a good thing so we talked about that you know the difference between being confident um, and being a bit arrogant um, and it was yeah very very interesting to discuss uh, dealing with being professional versus being 17 years old you know going to events and obviously you know members of uh, the opposite sex being interested and you know girls and and drinking Leonard saying you know he doesn't drink um, which was very interesting and then you know talking about sponsorships how he's gone around how he's navigated it all being such a young man um, and and doing everything that he does um, such a great conversation a lot of fun whether you windsurf or not i'm making this sound very windsurf specific and it's really not you know it can be applied to anyone who's performing at a high level at a young age can take something from from the way that um from from everything that lennart said um and it was just a great conversation and uh i was very much looking forward to catching up with him in austria um in a ne next week actually um when i go out there to commentate um, but unfortunately, he I think we talked about it a little bit on the podcast, but uh, he's actually recently just had knee surgery, so he won't be making it. Uh, but I very much look forward to seeing him at some of the other events. Um, but yeah, please do enjoy my conversation with Leonard Neubauer. 
At what age, Leonard? Sorry, Leonard, we're diving right in here. Um, at what age? At what age? Or, or did you have a point in your in your windsurfing where you were like, I think I, I think I'm, I think I'm good enough. Like I think I'm, I think I'm at a point where I could maybe, you know, do this and become a professional. You know, was there a point, or did it just happen over time? Well, now actually, that's kind of interesting. I think a lot of people think this way. So when I was when I was younger, I started getting to freestyle i think i did my first vulcan when i was 11 kind of the first freestyle tricks and then uh, i kind of told myself without really believing it okay one day i want to be world champion and actually you know i as a small kid i just said it like that but i i i didn't think that i really meant it that way um but actually i think that's also a reason why i'm where i'm today because i kind of subconsciously i told people that without really believing it. So that kind of put a pressure afterwards uh, on myself. And then it kind of came, you know, it's not like, oh, one season uh, starts and, oh, okay, today I'm a world champion or I, I am a professional windsurfer, not a world champion. So uh, I think it's kind of over the years, you understand that uh, you have a talent, obviously people tell you so. And of course, comparing yourself uh, to other riders, uh, I think it's uh, the biggest uh, factor that you understand uh, where you kind of belong and then I think you go from there yeah yeah it's diff- well like, like what you said I mean it's it's called manifesting isn't it you know when you you believe in something and you know you, you get these like I know I saw on your Instagram you've been watching like the F1 uh, drive to survive and I, I've just finished it as well and you see like those guys those guys do it as well you know you can tell they yeah. wake up and look in the mirror and sit there and go I, I will be world champion one day and when you yeah. when you tell yourself that and you have that belief in yourself Suddenly, yeah. and, and it maybe sounds silly to say, but I, I, I kind of believe it. I believe, and it, it's not every single super successful athlete or, or entrepreneur, business person, anything you see, they always say what you just said. They always say they started saying it to themselves and, and kind yeah. of man- manifesting it in themselves going, I'm, I'm going to do this. But I mean, that, that self-belief is hard, isn't it? You know, oh, it's, it's really hard. And especially um, I've seen sometimes on the internet that there's uh, some, psychological tricks that if you're like there's a day where you're not really happy that they say if you force yourself to smile eventually you're actually going to smile uh because you just feel like it because your face kind of adapts and i think that's kind of the the same thing we're talking about so um i think it as i said or as you said in the f1 it plays a uh i that's what i like watching about you know i I, of course uh actually i just got into f1 due to the netflix series drive to survive and this is i love what i love about it is just the honesty of the people or the competitors you know it's not always nice and i just love seeing this because also in windsurfing that's kind of the same thing you know it's not always nice it's not always easy peasy um and it's just on a bigger scale i would say there and i think the guys made a really cool kind of documentary about yeah. uh, getting behind the scenes and i think we should have that in windsurfing too to be honest I know, I know it's, I know it's in the works as, as someone behind the scenes for me. Um, I know, I know there's a plan to do it. Um, so yeah, it, it should be, it should be pretty cool. And yeah, like you said, I, I wasn't into formula one before I watched it as well. And now I'm now, I, now I feel like an expert, you know, now I love it. Yeah. Um, when you, when you are competing then, and, and cause obviously you, you've grown up competing. It's not like you, you know, had this normal childhood and then bang, you're an adult. Now I'm going to be a professional windsurfer. Like you've pretty much been a professional windsurfer since you were 14 years old and kind of going to school along the side of it. But where yeah. does that, 
did you always have that like competitive side of you or did you have to kind of learn that as you started competing if that makes sense um no the competitive side to be honest i think i've been much more competitive also in a bad way when i was young because young like the first example when i was in school primary school uh i used to fight a lot with kids in my class that because I was quite good in sports and I was kind of the first who was, let's say, playing basketball. Everyone was playing football and I was kind of doing the basketball things and the people came over. They also got good and my ego was really high. So I really always kept uh, fighting with the other guys. And I think also then I, I was doing track and field. I was doing a lot of sports before I did windsurfing, sailing even. And there I just, I knew, I always knew I was, uh, I was very competitive. And now I think windsurfing is really helped me to bring it down to the level where it's healthy because being too much can really destroy you, I think, but you're not a really an athlete if you don't have that. So I think there's just, just just the right amount. And of course, I'm still working on that because I think it's uh, the mental game and windsurfing or in any sport, I'm going to say it out there. I think windsurfing is 80% in your head because why can you not, or why can I not do a triple air culo? My body could, but my mind just can't, you know, and you can get your mind right and you can do everything. And that's, I'm a big believer in that. No, I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. And, and actually when I've had these conversations with other people, not about windsurfing, I've always used windsurfing as an example for me. Like when I was uh, learning some moves, sometimes I would sail along and I, you know, as I was stepping switch, I'd say to myself, like, I'm, I'm going to do a burner. I'm, I'm going yeah. to land a burner. And every time I've ever done that and said it to myself, I've done one. But then yeah. I, I find it difficult getting into that brain because half the time when I'm going, you know, you're, already, you're thinking about in the moment, but then you're also thinking, you're like, oh, here we go, another crash and another, yeah. you know, you, you, get into, you, you get into your head a little bit. Like you said, I completely exactly. agree, you know. And that is, that is to be honest, uh, every time, like, you know, let's say I'm in a competition, I lose and then kind of, I'm at home and I'm sitting, I'm thinking like, what did I do different? Why did I lose the seat? And then I realized that if, like, if I have this one question in my mind, so the question goes, what happens if I lose? Then you're done because then you just, okay, I lose, then I'm, I don't know, 15th or whatever. And then you kind of, you get completely your head to get like wrong. Yeah. And uh, you should always have in mind like let's say the next heat you know not even um always thinking too much about a single heat think of it like you want to have a smooth path through the heats um and if you for me if i ask myself what happens if i lose then i'm i'm done and i'm really focusing on just thinking uh, about my moves and nothing else matters so yeah yeah so you yeah so it's it's kind of like not not even letting those negative thoughts even come into your head. Well, I allow that because that's just putting you down for no reason. But like you said at the beginning, when it's you know you're like you you manifested that thing of in your head of like right I'm I'm one day I'm going to be a world champion and all that stuff and yeah. now and and but then if you suddenly let it get into your head of oh, well I might be or maybe I won't be or and then it's well, a slip it's a slippery slope isn't it to suddenly going. I'm shit. You know? I think that you already have a plan B. Yeah. And I think you have to go all out if you really want to do it because it's <clears throat> it's hard, you know. It's not just going to come 
if you're doing it the halfway or if you do two things, you know, you're like trying to be the best in the world and then doing something else. So I think uh, you have to really just just do this one thing and do it proper. Otherwise, you have no chance. Yeah, absolutely. And then again, going back to you, you know, you kind of, you know, growing up uh, around competing and, and kind of already essentially being a, you know, a professional, um, you, I mean, you, you've said you were already, you know, super competitive and you had that side of you um, yeah. and you obviously, you obviously loved it, but did you ever feel any kind of, you know, pressure to, to do it? Or were you simply like, nah, this is, this is pretty cool. I quite like doing this. Do you know what I mean? Was there ever a point? Cause I know, I know from the events, like your mom comes with you and she really supports you. Was there ever a point where she yeah. was like, where she was like, right, Leonard, come on, you've got to go windsurfing. And you were like, oh, I can't yeah. be bothered. Or, or yeah, yeah how, how did that work with the pressure? Well, uh, my mom has been really like a key to my kind of success, let's say till now. Because there have been times, you know, when I was 11 or 12, you're at this age where you're kind of um, seeing these two paths. One path is chilling with friends and, uh, I don't know, hanging out. And the second one is going on the water, even if it's freaking raining or so. Yeah. And then I was never really the guy who had like too many friends and doing a lot of that kind of stuff. But, you know, I had other things like, I don't know, I could do something else that uh, I would have enjoyed more on a rainy day. Um, but then my mom also really, she, because she supported me from the beginning and she of course knew that, um, if I actually want to do what I'm saying, which is be world champion, then, then you have to go on the water now as well. And there have been sessions where I, I'm, I'm really in a bad mood going onto the water and then I'm coming in and I'm saying after the session, I'm, I'm glad I went in. And, um, I think there, there have been a lot of sessions, especially in the beginning, um and now i'm just i know that i'm on the right way and i'm i'm the first to motivate myself to go on the water and this is just this has helped you know this pressure and i think parents should do that if like not too much you know but a little kick you need it especially in that age i think yeah for sure (laughs) it's definitely one of it's definitely a big conversation that people have is you know how much should parents push kids to get you know like you get parents that love a sport and they want to get their kids into it you know and it's how how much should they push it and to be honest i i did a bit of windsurfing as a kind of you know eight to ten year old but then we went on holidays and my my parents never pushed me to do anything or anything that And, and now looking back on it i almost wish they had a little bit you yeah. know, because I ended up making it my, you know, career for 10 years and, you know, did all this stuff. But I'm like, I could have got into it a bit earlier and all this. And yeah. it's easy. It's easy to look back and do that. And I don't really regret anything. But I, I, part of me does wish that my parents had gone. Do you know what? Don't come kayaking with us today. Go and do a windsurf lesson. You know, go and yeah. go and do that. And I wish. But yeah, maybe I was on the other side. I was that 12 year old that was like, no, I want to go hang out with my friends in a boat and mess around, you know, it's, rather than. It's difficult. You know, it's really difficult, especially for me. I felt like uh, there was a big plus living on a small island because there's literally nothing, nothing you can do for me. A part of windsurfing. If it's winter, it's really bad weather. There's a population of 15,000 people over here. Everyone knows everyone. So this is it's just not not too many things you can do. And I think windsurfing for me has helped me um, so much. And I think because I had no choice as well to do anything else, um, I kind of was forced by mother nature to go on the water. And I think this is 
also the reason, for example, why you have so many Bonarian people. I was about to I say, yeah. to I mean, Bonaire, come on, it's a dream for windsurfing. There's, of course, other things that you can do, but it's not it's not for no reason that you're arriving at the airport and there's, like, pictures of Kiri, Amado, uh, and, like, windsurfing gear literally hanging on the wall there because windsurfing is just... Um, the sport like it's basketball i don't know in america yeah. or so um and this is just also one of the reasons i think that there's so many talents coming from those islands yeah well i mean it's the same for you as well i've spent i've spent you know most of the last 10 years on on greek islands as well different you, you're in naxos uh, you grew up in naxos yeah. i i spent most of my time in vasiliki as well and and it's the same thing you get all the guys exactly. that live you know, they live in the restaurant, you know, they work in the restaurants and all this. And then every afternoon you see them like running down in their shorts. Like, I've got an hour. And they, you know, <laughs> that's, that's like their, that's their sport as well. You know, yeah. um, I remember when, yeah, I, when I first started going out to work in Greece, it always surprised me. You know, I'd see them in the restaurant and they'd hear us talking about windsurfing and they'd come and talk. And I'd be like, you don't know anything about windsurfing. And then you see them the next day and see them the next day and yeah. they're doing like doing air flackers and i'm like what <laughs> you know it's crazy yeah, but like, like you said it's if it if it's such a part of the you know infrastructure and the the net the, the place that you grew up in of course you're going to end up going towards that sport you know i think it's just it's also a safe option and i'm really sad that there's not many kids because i can count the windsurfers uh pretty much on one hand that are here in winter like apart from the tourists right and people under 18 on on two fingers pretty much thing is myself and maybe another nah let's say myself in winter um so i'm kind of training alone and kind of 60 percent with a friend of mine who's we bicycle together and he has got um the the water sports station um which i can Luckily, he has a jet ski and, you know, he's doing all the, uh, yeah, the water sport activities. And then I can maybe sneak in a towing session. I think that's also part of, um, yeah, some winning streaks, <laughs> let's say. Yeah. How do you, how, uh, that, that's something interesting then. How, how do you go about staying motivated over the winter? Because, I mean, you're you're still so young. Like, I remember we spoke the yeah. other week about doing a podcast and you were like, nah, dude, I got school today. And I was like, <laughs> I, kind of, I kind of had to be like, oh, shit, like, Leonard really is like... <laughs> He's, you know, literally still yeah. in school. And what's that like for you seeing all the guys you compete against and what you would consider like your, your rivals and you're watching them all live in Cape Town for three months. Yeah, I can see. Right. You know, what, what's that like? How, how do, you, do you, do you tend to try and block all that stuff out or do you use it as fuel, if that makes sense? <laughs> well, now, um, let's say in the last three years um, where I've been kind of doing the whole tour, it has been missing and I, I think i would be a little bit better if i would have uh, gone to uh, if let's say i wouldn't have school to do at the same time but um also i realized that you kind of really burn out let's say i was in pozo for three weeks i had uh, two or three sessions every day and then my knees were destroyed so mm. i don't think you know mm. as a young person you have so much energy if you're i don't know in your 30s you're going to do a session per day let's say in cape town or two maybe but you know, if you are like young and then you're just going to destroy yourself. So I think it's um, if I'm, I'm at school, I could if, if I'm if I have an energy, I would have I've done it a lot of times. I go before school and maybe after school if I see that there is just three days of forecast. So it's not really that I'm, I miss myself sessions, but of course it hurts. 
if you see yeah. the guys doing the crazy moves in Cape Town and the lake, uh, as it's kind of now, you know, it's just uh, yeah, that's a situation. Everyone is kind of somewhere in the world uh, training, um, and I'm kind of here, but it's my last year. In two days, I'm turning 18. Um, it's nice. just all getting, it's all getting kind of the school part to an end, and then thing is just a different chapter in my life that's going to open, and I just cannot wait for that. Yeah, I bet. I, yeah, you must be, you must be so excited. But also, yeah, yeah. I, I suppose as well, you can kind of sit back with confidence and go, do you know what? Actually, these guys have all got a huge advantage of me because they are all training all winter. But I'm still, yeah. you're, you're, you're still, you know, very competitive. I had a look at your, your results. You were ninth, ninth in the PWA last year. Obviously, you know, there was only one event and stuff, but you're, it's, it's not like you're falling out, falling off tour or anything like that. You know, you're still very competitive. So you're probably sitting there going, do you know what? They're all going to be shaking in their boots when I get to come to Cape Town next year or wherever, you know? Yeah, that's, that's the way I think. And I think it's the right way, you know, for me, yeah. I, I, like last year, I, I don't know what, my goal was for the PWA was fifth or something like that, but with a double. So it's a lot harder than a ninth in a single. Um, and I don't know, I, to be honest, I haven't, I didn't really prepare for these kind of conditions. I thought it would have been kind of different. I think we all expected like, I don't know, some way for the lake. Yeah. But these were some hard conditions. And actually I have, so I was so mad at the place because I have a spot here, which is the same exactly <laughs> But I didn't go there because <laughs> because I thought it wasn't going to be like that. Um, and it's just a 10-minute drive from my home. So I think I would have scored a session or two there prior. Uh, I would have probably maybe oh, ranked yeah. higher. But, uh, yeah, but yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those things. It's one of those things where like, and, and maybe you can speak to this as well, there's there's no point in looking back at things is there like if there's if there's a lesson if there's a lesson to be taken then yeah of course that's good but if you're just looking back on a failure that that's just going to be bad for your especially you know looking back at a competition where you didn't do so well and you've got one coming up all it's going to do is cause you know fresh anxiety and things you know it's it's you don't want to be you don't want to be looking back too much do you i suppose that's also generally you know for me it has been the hardest year let's say for of my life because when i was in france i did a really stupid thing i went skating and because i saw everyone was skating and i got convinced i'm a shitty skater um to go do a drop and the mini half pipe and i injured my knee pretty badly on a fall at, uh, like a mcl tear and some bone bruising oh man and I haven't, I was in the water twice since then. Not many people know that, but I have been really ah. fighting, you know, because the bone bruise, it's just the bones are colliding together. Yeah. Uh, and there's just, it takes so much time and uh, I'm still not, uh, still not good. Right. So this is something, as you mentioned, don't look at what happened, you know. For me, I think I'm kind of happy that it happened because it had, yeah, every, every athlete has an injury. Uh, and I'm I'm kind of feeling lucky, you know. It could have happened in the season. I know that I told myself I'm not never gonna skate again because this is just such a stupid way of hurting yourself. I don't need it. I can do other things. Um, and it's just so painful seeing everyone on the water. And I just can I can just train outside of the water, you know, doing rehab. Yeah. Um, but it's so painful, and I'm I'm yeah. 
I don't know. Yeah, that's what that's that's weird because that's um I don't, I don't know if you remember, but when we last saw each other when we were at the road, right. I was on I was on crutches and stuff. Yeah, and I. I wanted to ask you what what exactly did you have? I I tore my I had a partial tear of my MCL and and bone bruising. So same thing. Yeah. Same thing. It just takes so long, you know. My MCL is completely fine, but the stupid bone bruising is still there. It's so yeah. I I I am um, I only went windsurfing again three or four weeks ago uh, for the first time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it it takes time, but it's one of the, it's one of those things as well. You know, take it's important to take time. You know, you don't wanna you don't wanna go too early and then make it worse, yeah. especially for you because yeah. you're. It, it, it may sound surprising given everything you've achieved, but you're essentially still at the start of your career, aren't you? You know, <laughs> exactly. And now, you know, I, I made a lot of mistakes during this phase because I had never been injured ever. And the uh, first thing I did, because I did the MRI, doctors say in three yeah. weeks you'll be back in the water. I'm like, whoa, okay. Um, and then on three weeks after I went on the water, uh, straight, not even just planning, doing freestyle. And then I put myself two weeks back again, then I went slowly up. Yeah. And when we know, I was kind of, I was hiking and that didn't do good either because I, I thought I was kind of in the end phase. And, you know, at the end, you cannot even do a hike. Then how are you going to go freestyling? And all these things just put me back, you know. Also, I was feeling really good. Like a week ago, I said, okay, I'm going to go in the water. And then I, I went for a run as I usually did. And then it's just, didn't feel good, did another MRI and the bone bruising is literally still there. So I'm going to take it really easy now. I'm just doing things that uh, I can do, but it's also kind of my physio told me I can do it. But uh, Yeah, take it easy, mate. Yeah, take I'm going to take it now. And, uh, you know, you, the bone bruise is something that will completely heal and will be fine. But yeah. if you don't take care of it, then it can have lasting, I don't know, osteoarthritis or something. I don't want that. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, still, definitely. Yeah, you're still so young, and like, yeah, we've got Austria in just over a month, mate. So you need to be, you need to keep yourself on on good form. Um, yeah, while we're, while know, we're, no, no, you go, you go. Well, I know that if I'm if I'm healed, then I need a couple of sessions, and I'm back at where I was and improving from there. So I don't worry about it. Yeah, good. That's a good way to be. Um, while we while we're talking about skating, um, just quickly, let's talk about that video you put out last year. Obviously, I said when we hit record, we don't want to talk about windsurfing too much, but for a man who says he's scared of skateboarding, you essentially turned windsurfing into skateboarding um, with like a collaboration video with Red Bull. If anyone listening hasn't seen it yet, um, uh, go, go and go and watch it. Just Google, Google Leonard's name and type in Red Bull and it'll come up. Um, I mean, we talked about it at the event and stuff like that. We don't, we don't need to go into super details, but I suppose actually I'm more interested in, in how, how your kind of partnership with Red Bull came around and, you know, is that a bit yeah. of a lifelong dream thing? And do you feel any more pressure now that you've got the uh, the couple of the two bulls on on the hat on your forehead? Yeah, well, um, I think we can all agree that kind of an athlete's dream is to be a Red Bull athlete. You know, when I was small, yeah. I saw all the all the like skiers, all especially in skiing or kite surfing, all the top guys have one thing in common: it's the cap. Um, and I think. <coughs> Um, it's kind of always been there that I would want to be in the team. And then when I was 14, um, I kind of got in touch with them. And then you're something called friends of Red Bull, meaning that you get a bit of support from them, but you're not quite in the team yet. First of all, I wasn't 16, the, um, so I couldn't promote it yet. 
um, and um, I just they wanted you know they they had me uh, kind of close to them so I wouldn't go to any other brand. Yeah. Um, and then when I was I think 17, it's my uh, yeah it's been my first year with them last year. I got the confirmation that I'm going to be in the team. And I was just super happy because it has been quite a few years that we are in contact. Um, and it's just, it's a great team. It's really a great team. And there's just so many people uh, involved. You know, it's not just a sponsor that helps you travel. It's, you know, any problem you have, you have you can go to them and they have specialists. Like they have, let's say, the Red Bull Performance Center in Austria where I can anytime go now because I have school, I can't, but I could go. Or any time there, do my physio, do some blood tests. Like they can uh, really help me with um, mental thing, with everything they can help. And this is just, I think, um, why this is just such a special sponsor to me. And I'm really thankful. And I'm, I'm really going to uh, try to have this as long as I'm, uh, yeah, fit in my career. Yeah, man, it's it's so cool as well. Uh, to see Red Bull actually supporting windsurfing. And, you know, there's a few windsurfers they sponsor, but especially freestyle as well. Freestyle, I feel, gets a bad rap from a lot of people in windsurfing. And often I feel like people get angry at freestyle because they can't do it. Um, We we won't say any more than that. Yeah, I think, yeah, most of these wave sailors are angry at the cost of doing goiters. They're angry because they can't do goiters and they just want to see him do a doctor. That's true, and no one wants to hear it. (laughs) Yeah, it is. And I, I, I feel, you know, I feel bad saying it and, we I did some stuff with the latest um, wave event. I saw a lot of people. I don't want to see them doing these stupid freestyle moves. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, we, we had a, we had a group chat and all of us were saying like, Oh, come on. It's that's how sport, that's how sports progress. And that's probably why Red Bull picked you as well, because they're like, this kid's, yeah. you know, he's, he's up and coming. He's going to start pushing it. You know, there's you're, you're probably in contention with three or four other guys that are actually going to be doing new moves. I mean, you did one last year, you know, it's, that, that's how a sport grows. And that's how, you know, ultimately as well, sports grow by kids continuing to get into it. And kids love tricks. Kids love watching yeah. tricks, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I always, I've always found it very, very frustrating. You know, the, the pe- people putting it down um, and things like that, but yeah, it's really frustrating with, with what, while we're on this, then um, something I'm always interested in, although windsurfing, you know, it's not skateboarding, it's not, um, it's not like, you know, base jumping or anything like that. It's not kind of super duper death defying, but also it can be quite scary trying moves and, and things like that. How do you, um, how do you deal with fear and things like that? How, you know, when you're trying to learn a new move and, you know, you're, cause there's a difference between being scared of that and being, you know, anxious about a heat and things. And obviously you've kind of said the ways you deal with, with, yeah. with that side, but how, how do you deal with like fear and things when you're on the water? Um, well, fear, that's a good question. I i have been, generally, if I'm sailing with balls, I feel like a chicken, let's say like that. I'm not the, the person that is going to try this, like, crazy, stupid things. Um, like, like Jens, the one said, he's training the moves that he has to do in the competition. And that's, I think, just the basic orientation. Um, and then you have balls on the other side, trying these crazy things. And uh, I think there's also a place for that, definitely. Um, but there is, like, I would be more, like, I would be really relaxed after the season where anything is done that I can allow myself, if I get injured, to have a bit of space. Um, but fear on the water, to be honest, I really don't have that. And especially huh. if you're just in such a control, you know, for a person that is 
barely windsurfing a few times. I'm, I'm, I can really understand that they're scared, but for me or for us, it's just like we have this feeling. It's just like we are one with the gear and it's yeah. just... Uh, you feel comfortable. Yes, like driving a car around. You know, yeah. you have you have the control. You know that something could happen, but to, it's just really slim. And then yeah. you can, of course, um, yeah, adapt to the situation. I always say that if you if you duck and you see that it's not not gonna happen, just don't force it. You know, don't be yeah, don't be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's that's yeah. Any any well, windsurfers out there, I, I imagine there's gonna be quite a few windsurfers and freestylers listening to this. That's what me and my friends, everything like that, and myself as well. The only time I've ever hurt myself is trying to force something. Like yeah. I've never I've never hurt myself doing like something full power, big crash. It's when it the wind's been a yeah. bit light. Or you're like, well, there's someone watching. I'm trying to get this on film. I'll just try it, and you and something just goes wrong. And I've I've learned yeah. now. I've uh, all of us, me, all my friends, everything. Growing up freestyling, we're like, right, let's just stop. Like, just don't yeah. don't do it. You just accept. Yeah. You accept that you're just gonna have to flip the sail or tack or you know, and and just and just move yeah. on from it. And I suppose there's a yeah. I guess there's a there maybe there's a deeper lesson in that for for life as well. I don't know, but um. Then, yeah. then there's also like the kind of different, like kind of the, the guys, us, we are, that you're competing. You have to sometimes force yourself because if it's light, then yeah. you're not just be able to flip the rig. But um, this is not something that a, like a regular sailor should do because it's just uh, if I feel kind of that I'm going to maybe do something is if I try, I don't know an example let's say a double air culo and it's just not it's not going to happen but i kind of try to force myself it's not a move that i can do but uh, in the training um there's no reason to really push yourself except of if you have a competition and you know that you might need to move That's yeah it, like that what about um what about when you did make that red bull video and you're going you're going full full speed at a big block of plastic in the water like what was there? Yeah. Was was there any fear then? Did you, I think I remember speaking to you about it, and you said it was pretty chilled. But what was for anyone who obviously didn't hear our, our discussions in uh, at the event? What what was that like? Yeah. Was did was that any different well, to normal sailing, or did you still feel comfortable? That was definitely different because um, it was actually my friend Stam and I. We were like Stam is the owner of a small club. Yeah, and, I know. Who, yeah. yeah, I've never met him, but I know who Stam is. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, really one of the pioneers of kind of Greece with freestyling and he was the first to build a ramp and yeah. he just passed over it with a waveboard with three fins and <laughs> the first one was like a catapult the second one straight forward so he kind of set the idea of ramps um, and then I tried the same ramp which was literally built out of driftwood that he collected and some pipes that were lying outside uh, of the beach and um, the first time I passed over it, I was shocked by how much impact there is. You know, it looks really smooth on the video, oh, really nice. But your board is smashing against that plastic because it's just not made for that. Yeah, you know, yeah. There's no curve to the freestyle board. It's flat. And then it's hard to align the ramp because, you know, the surface is not, not perfect. Then you have the ramp drifting away because, I don't know, it's too much wind. And then you're hitting this thing at, 40 kilometers an hour and then you have to like focus on hitting it right and immediately as soon as you leave the ramp you have to focus on the trick and this is the hard thing about it there's nothing nothing different to windsurfing apart from that that you have to think not 
not like I'm hitting a wave. Oh, nothing's going to happen. You have to first focus on hitting this one meter platform. Yeah. And that is, um, that is, that's the thing. And I, I didn't feel fear after the first couple of tries. So it went like it was a five day shooting on the first day. I smacked my board. I made a hole like this on it because I tried to hop on the rail and then I just completely hit the corner. So my board was destroyed and I only had this one board that Starboard made me, uh, which was ma made out of Dyneema. You know, it's a really strong yeah. uh, kind of carbon. And another friend of mine actually made it the same night. I'm not a really good uh, shaper. So he made it for me and was ready the next day. So uh, awesome. Um, but no injuries apart from some, I don't know, bruised. Uh, yeah, yeah. Really and from catapulting because the fin was literally like this pen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, hard to say, learn. Yeah, it looked it looked as well. You made you made it look good. Um, yeah, like I said, yeah, that was that was one of those that was one of those videos that as soon as it came out, like I must have had like 10, 10 people send me it. Ten people send me it. You know, it was like. <laughs> And I was like, I was like, how do you know? How do you guys think I've not seen this yet? You know, um, how do you how how do you deal with with that? Then that's something something I'm always really interested to talk to people uh, like you about. Are how do you and and you have mentioned it briefly, but how do you go about keeping like your ego in check and stuff? When because obviously you are extremely talented at this thing, you know. You're also you're a young dude. You're you know yeah. young, good looking dude, and you're wandering around and. You know, you're like, how do you stop yourself from being like, I am the absolute shit right now? You know, no, obviously, no, no. there's a certain, there's a certain, I think to a certain extent, you know, there's a big difference between ego and confidence. But um, yeah, but yeah, it's, how it's how do you how do you yeah, it's a fine line. How how do you go about you know keeping that ego in check when you see your video going viral and all these people talking yeah. about you? No, I I don't see it about like myself. I see it. I see it that people think it's really cool of what I did. They don't think, yeah. oh, he is really cool. What he did is really cool. And this makes oh, a difference. Man. To me, I've never been a person um, that is super, like, I don't know how you say, outroverted um, or whatever. Yeah, he, extroverted. Yeah, 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 extrovert, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm more of a, like, quiet person, I would say. Um, and this is just, I don't think that I've really felt the need to be so like i don't know have a big ego so it just never came natural to me um yeah i don't know i i i thought that the video was going to get a, a lot of attention but that's like also i wanted that because it was super hard shooting like yeah. i was dead after the day and the purpose was to make a sick video it was yeah. a lot of fun but i was so happy when I could have like my regular sessions, it was a lot of fun. But then I was just so happy when the video came out um, to see. I watched it a lot of times too. Oh, I bet. Um, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. And I love. It. I love. Yeah. I love. I love that what you said. That's. I think that that in itself is all you needed to say. Like he's. You know, you're you're not cool. What you're doing is cool. And that's exactly. such a that's such an amazing mindset to have. Be like, once I'm once I get off the water, I'm I'm just Leonard. Yeah. I'm just letting exactly. exactly. you know? and you don't, you know, I, I, I still, you know, I still need to eat dinner and I still need to go to the toilet just like all the rest of yeah. you, you know, I still, yeah. I still get thirsty in the middle of the night, you know, all this stuff, but like, you know, it, it's, it's, it's separating that talent from, from who you actually are, you know? And I think a lot of yeah. athletes, athletes and, and other, I suppose, celebrities, 
you know, they get they get kind of caught up in in um and, and the, the two get a bit mixed and they start to think that they I suppose they start to think that they are their talent, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know. Yeah, definitely. I think also going back to Formula One, we always imagine these guys being always like in the race suit, you know, and then it's just like we are always in the wetsuit. No, of course not. Then you're always going to have these normal person things, especially like even I think of of these guys in the F1. Um, I have to think twice that men, they're actually, they're actually humans and they have feelings and they, they have pressure, they are, they're anxious, but you, they have just such a poker face that you completely forget about that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we spoke the same. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's, that's something that's funny. You know, it's, it's always quite jarring when you see, when you see them out, you know, just wearing a t-shirt, you're like, hang on a minute, you should be you should be like zipped up in that thing with a helmet. Yeah, on. You know, it's, it's, yeah. You, you do, you do, you do kind of tend to forget. And to be honest, for, for me as well, you know, I've spent um, so many years around all the windsurfers, you know, going to Cape town and, you know, all, all this and, you know, super, yeah. super close friends with a couple of the guys on tour. And then obviously now I'm hanging out with you guys at the events as well. And, and that's something that I've really enjoyed seeing is like that, that other side of actually, outside of the you know once the heats are on no one's talking to each other everyone's got headphones on and you know everyone's going out but as soon as that comes off everyone's you yeah. know sitting having a beer together and having a chat and it's all kind of laughs yeah. and smiles and all this and it's it's cool how you you know a, a kind of switch does flick a little bit as soon as as soon as they raise the green flag everything changes you know yeah. but outside of it everyone is you know that there really doesn't seem to be that many egos around you know yeah. well i think the windsurfing community in general, not just like especially freestyle. To be honest, yeah, it's different. Slalom events. I've been in slalom events. They're all friends, but they kind of, um, let's say in freestyle, it's kind of just the heat period that everyone is like this. On a slalom, it's kind of the whole event day. So it's not. It's different, and in a way, I would say as well. So freestyle is kind of the most chill, and that's the thing I, I like about it. I also like the profession, so I'm not saying something is wrong but uh, i also like in the wave sailing that for example the sun that they are a little bit more like the whole event uh, but then after the event they're all really chill um yeah i think both both things are needed but i really do enjoy freestyling being so chill and uh yeah i i enjoyed it about it yeah for sure well let's let, let's get into um into one other uh, big thing that I wanted to talk to you about, and it kind of lines quite nicely. One thing I've noticed at the um, at the events and things like that, and I think I remember chat, maybe chatting to you about it or something. But um, you don't you don't drink, do you? I don't drink. No, I I of course I've tried it. Uh, yeah. First time I browsed them with Tigo, Bodhi, and those guys. Yeah, I bet. Uh, yeah, yeah. All you boys sitting behind <laughs> the thing, sneaking in front of me. It was really funny, but I didn't get the kick, which which kind of people, uh, people other know. people talk about. Yeah, I don't I don't need that. You know, I have that kick on the water, and uh, I don't need to feel like that. If I'm, I like to control what I feel, and I felt out of control. And looking back, I did stupid things. So <laughs> I don't need that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure everyone everyone's done that. No, it's it's always something interesting because. I mean, for me, I, I turned 30 last year and I've, yeah. I've, I've kind of stopped drinking over the last year. I don't, I don't really drink that much anymore. I've only had, I've had 
less than 10 drinks this whole year so far. You know, like I, I don't really drink. And it's but the remarkable thing is I've I've done my whole of my 20s doing seasons and doing a lot of stupid things and all that. So it's amazing yeah. that you've you've kind of come to that realization over 10 years earlier than and I think a lot of people um, I recently realized from listening to podcasts and stuff, a lot of the people I really look up to in life are all sober. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. All, all these, all these people, whether they're, you know, actors or, you know, presenters, anything like that, they're all, all sober, you know? And, and, yeah. And unfortunately people or kids in my age, um, I don't know. They start drinking at 15, 16. I just don't think that's an age, you know, to be drinking. Of course, it's your choice. But then don't complain if you're not going to get where you want to get, especially if you're doing sports. And I I don't have a single friend who's uh, like in my age. I have a good friend, Twirtko. He's skiing. He's one of the best. And he's also not drinking. And I kind of take these people as idols as well. Also, especially in my age, there's no need. Yeah. Uh, do you think um do you think that came from purely you being like um I don't get anything out of this or do you think it was a bit of the professional side of actually I want to be on good you know I want to be on good form all the time kind of thing or a bit of both? It's exactly it's a bit of both. I, I even if I wouldn't be windsurfing I would still I'm about ninety five percent sure I wouldn't be drinking just because as I said I don't get anything out of it. Even if I'm not, if I'm, for example, now I haven't been sailing because I'm injured. It's not a reason for me to go drink, you know. Yeah. Um, so that proves that probably if I wouldn't be windsurfing, I wouldn't be drinking as well. It's just not not my thing and not my style. I'm no, just it's, not born. To- <laughs> no, I, I mean, I commend, I completely commend you to it. And you know, you get you get plenty of free Red Bull anyway. That must get you fired up. You know, I it's think not like- you know, to be the only one who isn't drinking. To be honest, if there's all oh, like everyone is drinking, I don't know. I like it. To be sober. Yeah, I read. I read something. Well, I just read it on Facebook the other day. Someone mentioned that apparently Antoine Albo doesn't drink. So for anyone, yeah. Probably. So yeah, anyone, anyone listening, Antoine Albo is one of the most successful windsurfers of all time. Has ten, tens and tens of world titles across all disciplines, and is a real legend yeah. of the sport. But yeah, apparently he doesn't drink either. So I think it's like I said, it's something I've realised recently. Of actually. A lot of the people that I really look up to are not like, you know, not like billionaires, but just like people who I consider are pretty good role models. And I didn't realize, yeah. but majority of them are all, yeah, they're all sober. They all, they yeah. all kind of stopped drinking at around, around kind of my age, actually around sort of late twenties, early thirties, they all cut it out. So you're way ahead of it on that, mate. You're way ahead of it. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, it's, it's such, a, it's such an interesting thing. I don't, it's not just, you know, having a hangover and feeling sick, you know, it's like, I, I think it does a lot of stuff to you mentally. You know, every, I, that's one of the, the reasons I didn't stop necessarily because I'm going to feel rubbish the next day. It just puts me in a bad mood. It just makes you feel yeah. rubbish. It makes you doubt yourself. It makes you yeah. feel less powerful. You know, it's, yeah. yeah. It's I, I, also for me when it was especially, actually that started for me going early to sleep. It started when the first quarantine happened. Didn't have anything to do, even less than normally in winter. Um, so I, I was literally going to bed at 7.30, waking up at 4.50 to 5 o'clock, doing a workout or doing something like that. Um, and I think, and I, actually it was funny because we had kind of sports and I said that and everyone was like, now nah, what is he talking about? And 
like online online meeting with school you know mm. um and kind of no one could relate and i don't have time to drink you know and it's now it's uh, almost yeah it's 10 to 8 and i'm literally gonna go straight to bed after that so i i kind of found myself that i work really really good in the morning before everyone's awake that's a great feeling you know you're doing something kind of productive or helping you before the rest of the world is awake and uh, i think there's just no time whoops 20 percent butter <laughs> I, there's just no time for me to do that kind of stuff i prefer to have the whole day and then at night go to sleep yeah well that's it i think it's one of those things and and this isn't me or us you know preaching about it and stuff there's no right or wrong way to do it it's all about just finding finding a way that works for you you know yeah and and, and, there, and- is a bad way. there is a better way and uh or a worse way and i'm trying to do the better way yeah if i'm doing it i don't know i'm just trying that's all that's all we can do mate all we can do is try you know yeah. um so be- before we finish up then what are your what are your kind of uh, maybe this is a silly question but what what are your kind of plans for the future i know you said you turn 18 pretty soon this is your last year of yeah. school are you are you going to yeah. go are you going full into the windsurfing you're going to travel and, and train and all that sort of stuff what, what's the what's the plan so First of all, I'm um, going to really, what I wanted to do is Cape Town, Brazil, Australia was just so high on the list. And every, I literally had booked Cape Town last year and due to, what was it? I think another variant uh, of COVID that just got canceled. And also with school, I could just go two weeks or so. So the, <laughs> so the first thing I'm going to do is uh, just travel to the spots that are windy at this at the certain season, and then parallel to that, I'm one. I want to study uh, sports business management online, so I could literally be in Cape Town and then have my classes uh, really early. I don't know if, if for from eight from four o'clock in the morning to eight, and then I have the whole day. Yeah. Um, so I really I I want to keep my mind on something as well, not just my body because. I want to stay stupid forever. <laughs> um, so and it's also something that interests me and I think that can help me in my future uh, kind of yeah. uh, with sponsors with everything. And it's just, uh, good to be mentally healthy as well. 100%. I think it's it's one of the, yeah, maybe maybe it's just me, you know, being the old one now. But I think I think there's definitely a good, um, it's definitely a good idea to have. And, and I know we said it's not worth having a plan B and you shouldn't have a plan B, but also like you said, it's cool to have some balance in your life. I think if you go all in on windsurfing, do it, do it, do it. It's so easy to get burnt out. You can so easily yeah. you get, you get bored of it. And then you go, I'll take some days off. And before you know it, you're just sitting in Cape town, do it in the house, doing nothing for four days. You know, it's like, yeah. I might, might as well, you know, even if you do take days off, you know, you can go to the gym, but you also, exactly. like you said, you're, you're doing something else. And, and it doesn't. It doesn't necessarily matter if it's productive or not. If it is productive, of course, that's pretty cool. But yeah. you know, I, I think it is important to have something different that you love doing as well. Especially because for you, what you love doing is also your career in windsurfing. You know, so sometimes okay. those lines can get blurred, and it. You know, you end like going windsurfing for the love of it actually turns into training. You know, and you go ah, you know. This is how it started. This is how it started. Yeah, I see kind of my studying i see it as a, like a supplement to the main thing which is windsurfing for yeah. me the main thing nothing else but competing i i really miss the time um <laughs> especially when we're not competing i really miss this feeling and uh, <coughs> man 
So I, you know, you feel different when you are um, like not competing and it's just, it's a different uh, also mentality that I have in my training. If I know I have a competition, I'm going to kick myself in my own ass trying to improve faster. Um, and this is just helping a ton. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, well, Leonard, thank you so much for, uh, for coming on. This has been, this has been actually even better than I thought it was going to be. You know, I always, <laughs> I'm always worried with a guest cause I'm like, are they going to want to talk about stuff? And you know, or, 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 yeah, it's always, it's always, I always wonder cause some, some of my conversations are so different to others and you know, it's, uh, it's yeah. great, but yeah, I think um, some of the stuff you've said has been, you know, really, really valuable, especially about, you know, ego and um, uh, confidence and, and things like that. Um, so I hope people have enjoyed listening. Leonard, where, where can people find you if they want to follow you um, and anything like that and check, check out your videos? Where, where can people do that? So they can do it. Uh, I've newly got a YouTube channel, which is called Leonard Noivo. I'm trying to post some more stuff there. Haven't really got to it. Then, of course, Instagram. <laughs> Leonard Neubau and Facebook the same. Um, so yeah, check me out if you want over there. And uh, it was a pleasure to be on this podcast. No, mate, thank you. Yeah, guys, make sure you check out um, all of Leonard's videos, especially the one he did with Red Bull with the ramps. Even if you don't windsurf, it's still uh, pretty awesome to watch. Um, you guys can check all the links out in my show notes as well, wherever you're watching on Apple or Spotify. Uh, listening, sorry. Um, I'm also meaning to get around to posting these on YouTube. I'll do it one day, I promise. Uh, you guys can also find me on Instagram at the After Hours Lounge. If you are enjoying the podcast, you can donate to the podcast via the link in my bio. Um, as I said, all this talking is thirsty work, but we love it anyway. Um, so yeah, if you guys want to keep me uh, yeah, with, with a drink, uh, whether it's a beer, a cup of tea, whatever I fancy, um, yeah, please, please do it there. But also, if you don't do that, please uh, give it a share. Uh, a like a subscribe leave me a rating all that usual stuff uh, but yeah guys thank you very much for coming on uh, thank you Leonard for coming on thank you to you guys for listening and we will see you for the next one